You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live, and today we're going to be talking about a classic from the last couple of years. Uh, this is one that we very nearly, just barely missed the opportunity to actually talk about as it was coming out, but as it so happens, there's a sequel coming out in a couple of weeks, so we figured now would be a good time to talk about the original. We're going to be talking about Into the Spider-Verse, uh, spoiler alert, a movie that I feel pretty confident in saying we both think is one of the best movies ever. So, it was a very positive conversation, and um, it's very freeform. Uh, this is technically a spoilery conversation, but we don't really go into a lot of the uh, plot details, at least not explicitly. Um, hopefully you have seen this movie, uh, in which case, go ahead. Uh, if you haven't, we don't give a spoiler uh we don't give a spoiler warning because, um, like I said, this is a very freeform conversation. We kind of go off on tangents. It was a really, really fun conversation to have. I hope it's as fun to listen to because it is very unstructured. Obviously, all of our episodes are a little bit unstructured, but this one may be more so than, 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 than many others. So anyway, um, yeah, I've had a lot of fun with this. Uh, I hope that you guys enjoy everything we have to say about uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the nature of Spider-Man. Uh, we talk a lot about No Way Home in this one, and um, I think a little bit about—I mean, DC probably comes up a little bit about uh, a little bit about superhero movies and just sort of like what makes Into the Spider-Verse as important a movie as it was. So yeah. Uh, I am excited for you guys to hear it, and because this is a Spider-Verse podcast, uh, we're going to start off with the most iconic song from Spider-Verse. You already know what I'm talking about. show where as you all know we talk about spider-man pierre who's your favorite spider-man what, what do you mean like peter it's parker a very big question. Or like, which like a million things 
especially with the movie we're talking about today. And it's like a lot of implications for that. That that might be too big of a question to start off with. <clears throat> yes, but it's okay because it's a big movie and it deserves a good lead up because we're talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse today. One of, I'd say on a, like from what I can tell the most recent classic movie that I can think of if I had to come up with one, I think, uh, We've already seen, well, we're going to talk about this in a bit, but we've already seen a massive impact, the massive impact that this movie had on the industry. Um, and I'd say, like, it it also provided a, a very fresh look at uh, superhero movies, I think, which is why I think this movie, despite, you know, superhero movies being kind of a lull lately, well, I guess not too much of a lull, because we just talked about Guardians, like, two weeks ago, right? That was... That seems like it's going to be a decently successful movie now. Yeah. But I, I could, this feels like a new wave, if that makes sense. Specifically, like, I mean, superhero, animated superhero movies have never been this successful. From what I can tell, like, not even close. Yeah, I can't think of a comparable so, one. Like, yeah, like that, I, I think this, hopefully we'll start a new wave of something interesting here. But we'll see. Because the new one, I guess we're talking about it because the new one's coming out next week. Two weeks, two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, I think it's. I think this what this has already started like a new wave of successful animation. I just don't think it's necessarily kickstarted animated superhero movies the way that maybe it could. I guess that's like no. maybe I'm that's like not upset about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, although, although we do have Creature Commandos coming out, which I can't remember if that's a TV show or a or a. a movie I think it's a TV like. show. Oh, okay, that also that makes sense. Like year, DC's. Right? Yeah, and then DC's really good at animated TV shows. So like that's a, that's a that's a business decision that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, it's uh you know, I I think we've talked about Lord and Miller on the podcast before. I can't remember when, but they were the creative minds behind this movie. They produced it. Oh, you know but, what? We've probably been talking about them since like the first couple of episodes cuz they did the Lego movie as well. Which is like yeah, we, I gotta we say, talked about part two. Uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are... I mean, maybe we can even expand it past just Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Like, I think those two are some of the most influential filmmakers around today. Because, you know, they did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the Lego movie, and Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, maybe debatably, but all three of those, like, kind of major, major successes in animation. And yeah, then also especially they, like, for a, a studio like Sony. Yeah. They also rebooted 21 Jump Street, which, like, it came out at the same time as a lot of 70s and 80s shows were getting rebooted into movies, and very few of them were... Very few of them were that good, and the ones that were good weren't making money. And then 21 Jump Street comes out, is completely different in all the important ways from all the movies that that were coming out at the same time. And just kind of like sets a new bar for that specific type of remake, which it looked like was going to become a big thing for a while. I don't think it really took off the way it maybe could have, but for a few years, like it was kind of all anyone would talk about being a person named Jeff was not fun during those few years. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the 
the 20, the Jump Street movies kind of provided a, to me, it's almost like a resurgence, but also like a conclusion to like big, big live action comedies, if that makes sense. Like, I can't think of too many others after that that were very successful slash like nearly as well known as these two movies. It's kind of, it kind of reminds me of, um, this is not Lord and Miller, but it reminds me a little bit of Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. That one was not quite as successful, but it was like so good that it could have kickstarted a new like way of doing movie bio uh, music biopics. But also it was so good because it took everything about every movie biopic before and just lampooned it to hell. So it's like after Dewey Cox, how do you top that? You don't. So like no one ever tried. And 22, 21 Jump Street, despite not being as aggressive as Dewey Cox was towards its specific niche, uh, was maybe a little more successful in killing that genre of movie because there just have not been that many remakes because you can't top 21 Jump Street. Yeah, it just started and ended yeah. it like immediately, which is unfortunate. Yeah, no, I, I, I almost say it's it was a little ahead of its, I think like 22 Jump Street kind of started, or not started, but it was part of this wave of like, I'd say like self-awareness comedy if that makes sense, where uh, a lot like met like meta comedy has been very big for the past, I'd say decade almost. Um, and 22 jump street, I think was, was a film that was able to do that very tastefully mm-hmm. while still being a, a good movie in its, in, in itself. But it's definitely, I think a trope that's I'm kind of tired of because it's, it's a little, I, I feel like there's a certain level of cynic, cynicism. Is that a word? Cynicalism. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Cynicism. Yeah, to meta humor and uh, and and I, I guess it kind of makes sense that they never made another Jump Street because Twenty Two Jump Street was basically a parody, not only of like I'd say the Jump Street like jumps or action movies in general, but like franchise <laughs> franchise movies in general. Mm-hmm. So I, they couldn't really come back to make any more of those because I think that movie was basically them saying this is stupid. We don't want to make more of these which is kind of funny because I think after that movie franchises became much, much bigger. Although there was like, there was a third one that languished in development hell for like ever until it was eventually killed. They were going to do 23 jump street meets men in black, which was such a weird idea. And it never, it never ended up happening, but I would have really liked that. I think it did sound very funny. The premise. Yeah. I wouldn't be interested if they weren't like attached to it or writing it. Um, but yeah. But then again, like that, they would just be doing exactly what they were parodying, which, which was. If they could have gone through with the men in black thing, they could have at least parodied from a new angle where it's like, now it's making fun of crossovers, which feel yeah. like a big thing, but come to think of it, I don't even know if they were, I guess it's like shared universe stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I would have preferred any other movie to the Men in Black movie we ended up getting. True. I think in 2018, I want to say. Maybe it was 2019. Men in Black International. Which is probably, like, one of the most boring... Like, for a movie about, like, aliens and, like, high-tech gadgetry, it was obscenely boring. 
which was very surprising. So, I mean, um, yeah, but yeah, no, they, they've been they've been amazing. I guess it seems like after Solo, they stopped they stopped directing um, anything, which it seems to be working out pretty well for them. So I don't really blame them. But yeah, I don't know. Did they leave the Flash before or after they left Solo? Because I think they left it after. I think it was... No, I think it was before because The Flash was also slated for 2018 at the time. Mm. I think. They might have been working on both too for a period. Because like, like if you look at like Lego Movie, 22 Jump Street, both came out the same year. So because there's two of them, I feel like it's not above them to be working on two movies relatively simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So, and I, th- I think Solo is also a movie that it's unfortunate that they were never able to, to finish because that's another movie that I guess was very, very boring. And I think they could have added a lot of flair to it. The so. movie we actually got was so yeah. bad, but at least like, no, not even at least there were places where it was funny, bad, but it wasn't like as a, as a whole, it was mostly just boring. There are some pretty iconic moments yeah. though. Like who are your people? <laughs> Oh, it's just me. Solo then. Yeah. I don't know that. It's like, I, I it actually isn't terrible. I, I'd say it's one of the better Disney era Star Wars movies, if that's saying I much. I would because disagree and also agree that that's, that, that that's not saying much. That's right? Like, it's, okay. <laughs> um, because, uh, what? I, I'd say like, it's the most consumable one. It's the one that didn't make me angry. I don't know how to say it. Like it definitely wasn't very good, but it didn't feel like it was trying to make a huge statement like the other movies, if that makes sense and be like a huge epic uh, centerpiece. I guess to compare it to the episode seven to nine. I don't know. It made me pretty angry. And uh, that's fair. I just, I see it as kind of like a, cute little fan fiction someone wrote about Han Solo. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't, it doesn't bother me as much, too. I don't see that, like, there's no way Han Solo's actual name came from someone just calling him Solo random Han Solo. Like, that's really stupid. That doesn't make any sense. And the character of Han Solo would never take his last name because someone wrote it down on a piece of paper or something. Like, that doesn't make any sense. What I actually do like about it, and this is going to be the most backhanded compliment I can give, probably, is like, with Ant-Man, what really pains me about the first Ant-Man movie is I go into it and I see what I what I think are Edgar Wright jokes executed by someone who is not Edgar Wright, and therefore they don't land. Uh, with Solo, I don't see any of Christopher Miller or Phil Lord in there at all. I just see Ron Howard. And I'm okay with not liking a Ron Howard movie because occasionally Ron Howard puts out Rush <laughs> and then we all forgive him for making bad movies. Yeah, he, he redeems himself once in a while. So that's, that's good to know. It's like he does four for them, one for me, and the one for me is really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like once every 12 years or something. Yeah. But yes, and then they've, and then af- I guess after that, the same year they got kicked off of Solo, they, they won. One of like I, I guess the first Academy Award for a movie that's not a Disney movie since like forever I want to say right well like, since I Rango. guess that wasn't released the same year since Rango yeah and probably the I I want to say the best Spider Man movie ever made so 
I don't know if I can quite agree, but I get very close to agreeing. I think it's the best origin story ever made. And like, it's at least top two Spider-Man That's movies. That's fair, yeah. I'm biased because Spider-Man it 2 is, really is my favorite movie. That's fair. I, I, I think it, it isn't really, like you said, origin story. It's really impressive that they were able to shift, like, not only tell the origin story of Miles Morales, but also get all these other characters in there and tell a multiverse story, mm-hmm. which is just crazy to me. And about two hours, too. So, um, yeah, so, so you said Spider-Man 2 is your favorite, at least live, like, live action Spider-Man movie. Or is it Spider-Man movie? No, general? Spider-Man 2 is my is favorite movie. Just period. So hmm. yeah. Oh, so it's 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 hard for me to say to put this one above it, but like I would put this one like that's fair. All, at the same level, pretty much. Yeah, I love Spider Man two until after the train fight. I think it's a perfect movie until after the train fight, and then I don't really like the third act as much. If I'm gonna be honest. Okay. I think I think after the train scene, it's like impossible to top that scene. And that is like maybe the best. Wise, you know, that is maybe the best scene in the movie. Yeah. So it's like I think it was just kind of it was tough to top it, but I, I still think it's an amazing movie and definitely one of the best superhero movies ever made. Um, if not one of the best movies ever. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I don't know. But you, you don't have to have <laughs> the know, same it's, it's favorite. It's a big leap. No, I love I love Spider Man too. I I think it's it's very personal to me, but um, it's it's tough to say. Like, I it's one of my favorite movies. I guess yeah, I was saying one of it's one of the best movies. It's kind of a stress for me, but yeah. And uh, what what would be like your second favorite then? Well, other than Spider Verse, second favorite Spider Man movie. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. After so like, there's Spider Man two. And there's Spider-Verse. And after those, like, I don't know. I like them all. It's kind of messy, But, right? like, it's, you know, I don't know that there's anywhere I'd be like, this is this is the one. Even the, Mar- like, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I like him for what he is. And I think he's really good within the universe. I think he's, like, one of the best parts of the MCU. But, like, I don't know. None of those movies stands out to me as, like, this is the one. This is the great Spider-Man movie. It's, like, they're they're really good. I like them all. But, you know, nothing yeah. stands out quite the same. I remember coming out of the theater of No Way Home, I think, and thinking this like this this could be it. This this might be the best one. I was rewatching some scenes today though. It's it doesn't age nearly as well if, if you're not like watching it live for the first time, if that makes sense. It's a lot of wow factor and a lot of nostalgia slash fan service if that makes sense so like i was talking to my mom about this actually yesterday on the phone after i finished re-watching into the spider-verse and i, I don't think she's seen it but i said like i just rewatched this i thought it was really good here's a lot of my thoughts and she's like oh yeah i remember hearing about that movie i remember hearing it's very confusing and i was like huh no i don't think so at all and like i told her that like i don't think it was very confusing and she's like well yeah but you know these characters so first off my mom has not seen this movie. So she's judging that she's, she's making that statement based on what she's heard. But like you saying that about no way home as well, or not that specifically, but you talking about no way home just made me think of like, I do wonder what these movies feel like to someone who, you know, is not familiar with Spider-Man. And I would think I can't 
I'm very familiar with Spider-Man, so I can't judge it from that perspective. I would think Into the Spider-Verse is probably still really good if you're not well-versed in Spider-Man because it explains things very well. No Way Home, I'm not sure if it's the same thing. I mean, first off, it's the third movie in a trilogy. So, you know, I guess already that's a little (laughs) unfair, but like No Way Home was very nostalgia baity and like it was nostalgia for things that I specifically had nostalgia for. So I love it. But also like, Imagine Mm. going to that. Imagine being a five-year-old kid and the first movie your parents take you to see is No Way Home. Do you like that movie? I don't know. That would be really interesting to me. Very confused. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. I think my dad watched it too. um, And he... He was just very confused the whole time too. I think I like like if I was watching the scene where they start catching up. I think they're waiting for the villains to come on top of the Eiffel Tower, or not the Eiffel Tower, the the uh, Statue of Liberty, and it's it's like all the dialogue is like it's just it's just filler dialogue, you know. Like for for a two and a half hour movie, I feel like usually if you want a, like a movie to be really good, all 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 interactions have to be very important, right? And like really add something to it. Whereas a lot of the dialogue between the main Spider-Mans isn't really for something. It's just like, Hey, like it's, it's like one of those things like you would see like someone writing a scene on Reddit and then being like, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if they talked about like the Avengers and how the Avengers don't exist in the other worlds. Like that's, that's a funny joke, mm-hmm. right? Like if they were to interact, but like the, like those moments don't actually mean anything for any of the characters. They just sort of call back to their movies. Yeah, it's it's like it's like so it's like a five minute dialogue scene of just Easter eggs, mm-hmm. and that's that's not a scene that ages well because it doesn't actually mean anything mm-hmm. for anyone. And I think I think a part of that was because in No Way Home, the Spider Man only come in for an hour and forty five minutes into the movie. I want to say right, it's a it's a long ways in, and they don't they don't get much time to to shine, mm-hmm. and they can't really be given character arcs because. Again, they're only really there to serve Tom Holland's Spider-Man story, which is give him a little guidance yeah. and fight alongside him, you know. But they don't really have any any reason to be there or anything to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it just doesn't feel the same watching that movie again. Whereas at Spider-Verse, it's like all of these characters are mostly like original creations for the movie. I mean, they're they're taken from the comics, but like, like Spider-Man they're, Noir, they're not relying. Yeah, Spider-Man Noir exists in the comics, but this isn't this isn't adapting Spider-Man Noir. This is, you know, sort of doing its own thing with a Spider-Man Noir skin, so they can make Nicolas Cage say some yeah. very funny things. Yeah, exactly, and that that's really fun, you know. And they, I, I think the that movie also has a very because it's animation. I think they're given a lot of leeway to they're using like a comic book to basically illustrate very quickly each character's backstory that they were bringing in randomly Mm -hmm. in like 30 seconds or less you know so you have everything you need and it's smart because the way they're giving off the exposition is very interesting too and fun and different than we've seen before yeah whereas i don't think no way home really has that opportunity or even if they try to it's like it's kind of a like because you can't you don't want to explain what happened to to like Sam Raimi, Peter Parker, because a, a lot of people already know that, especially watching this movie. Um, but also, you, you know, if, if you don't know who it is, or you don't really care about the character that much, then it's just also confusing too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, actually, I love the way they do the exposition in this one. Obviously, there's that comic book element, and this whole movie is designed to look like a comic book anyway. Every time a Spider-Man is explaining their backstory, they drop a comic book and then explain almost verbatim the exact same story, which I think is a really clever way of doing that exposition. First off, because by the end, you know the story if you somehow don't know it at the beginning. And also, it really drives the point home that, like, for all of their individuality, all of these Spider-Men are basically the same person. And Mm -hmm. I think that, like, really helps the big theme at the end, which is that anyone can be Spider-Man. Even though all of these stories are kind of extraordinary, like, Miles Morales isn't just some kid. He's some kid and he's got this backstory. Yeah. But like the only thing that makes them Spider-Man is that all of them had an interaction with a radioactive spider. Otherwise, they're, you know, any other person, which I think is a really, I think is a really effective theme communicated throughout this movie. Yeah. And it's, I I think it's, you know, it's a very central idea behind the the story of Spider-Man and this movie makes that theme land more than any other movie really could. Mm-hmm. So like, I love, I love that it's not just a, a multiverse movie because it's, it'd be fun and be like, it's a cool way to tell a story. It's, it's because it, it actually is a way to help land that fact as much as possible mm-hmm. or that theme as much as possible, which is why I think it works. It works much better than no way home, which is, it's yeah it's it's there to be entertaining not to really make any themes land if that makes sense yeah like not not to keep trashing on no way home because i do really like that movie it's a good movie yeah but like yeah when when the other spider-men come in as mentor characters like the fact that it's those spider-men is only a little bit important because they get to be mentors from the perspective of having also been spider-man but like Mm -hmm it could have been another superhero. Like, they're filling the role that Iron Man filled in the first movie. In this movie, like, yeah. it's really important that they're, that all the mentor characters are Spider-Man, not just because they have the experience of being Spider-Man, but because through all of these mentor characters being the same character, it kind of drives home that this really could be anyone. Yeah, which is beautiful. I love yes. that. Brought, brought, a, brought a little tear to my eye. That's why it's my favorite movie, I think. Yeah. Do we want to talk about what Spider-Verse is about? I think, uh, I think you do. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, it's a story of Miles Morales, who lives in a world with a Spider-Man already. And this is a very successful Spider-Man. It's very unlike, I think, any Spider-Man we've seen. Uh, and at least in popular media, where he's he's a he's a very well liked celebrity. Um, he has a Christmas he's album. Merchandised himself. <laughs> he has a Christmas album. He has TV shows and uh, popsicles, as he points he out. He actually in universe and... has comics about himself, which I think is an interesting touch. Yeah, yeah, he has comics, and he's really rich. Like he in Aunt May's house, he has, like, the spider bike. I think he has, like, all the, the stupid kids' toys that they would sell, the spider bike, the spider car and stuff. And uh, so it's, like, basically what we see is, like, peak Peter Parker, essentially, in this universe. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Miles, who is bitten by a radioactive spider at one point when he's hanging out with his uncle, who comes in later, starts to develop spider powers, and then 
And then he meets that universe's Peter Parker, who ends up dying. <laughs> but after that, he finds out that there is a universe, multiverse full of spider people that have been brought to, and some of them have been brought to his his world because of Kingpin. Kingpin is trying to bring a multiverse version of his wife and daughter to that world, essentially. Mm-hmm. And instead, he accidentally brought six Spider-Men, six Spider-People. No, five. Five Spider-People. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, and together, they Miles becomes learns to become a Spider-Man. And uh, they have to fight Kingpin, essentially. And they got to send everyone home. Make sure he doesn't destroy the multiverse. Yeah. And that too, yeah. Just like in No Way Home, where they have to send yeah, everybody yeah. home. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Well, did they? I guess they. That was the intention. I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know if they actually ended up sending everybody in, home. In uh, well, in in Spider Verse, there's like a very like they show that if you are in a different universe, you can't stay there for too long, or else your body will deteriorate mm-hmm. and you'll you'll cease to exist. Whereas, I guess in No Way Home, it's just they want to get them home because. It's the right thing to do. In that universe, I guess. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, there's a little 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 time crunch for Miles Morales to figure out how to become Spider-Man before he has to send everyone home. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically the movie. So why why would you say this movie is a classic, Joe? Uh, so a lot of reasons. Uh, the first one, obviously, it's just really really good. I think I said this on air. Like I think this is like the best superhero origin story I've ever seen, especially in the early 2000s. Like, superhero origin stories basically start from the idea that this is the first superhero in the world. And I think that something that's decently difficult to do, but that I think Into the Spider-Verse, like, really pulls off is it starts in a world that has superheroes. I mean, we only know about the ones, we only know about Spider-Man in this world, but like it's a world with a Spider-Man and supervillains. So it's like superheroes exist, which like is already sort of a, sort of a weird status quo to start an origin story. But then it like uses the fact that this is a superhero starting in a world with superheroes to, uh, you know, really have him come into his own. And it becomes more about more than just him owning up and becoming Spider-Man. It's like, it really is, uh, it is really like Miles becoming himself and who he is and like using all of those, using the trappings of an origin story and of a superhero movie to like really come together and uh, communicate some some really good themes, some themes about like, you know, being able to step up, like what is what is being a hero, all that stuff. I think it's just a really good origin story, first and foremost. But beyond that, it looks incredible. Like... At the time when this came out, this was unlike any movie I had ever seen before, just from a visual perspective. It still mostly is, except that since then, every other movie, it seems like, has tried to copy this movie's look to varying amounts of success. Like, this is a very good style that I'm always happy to see more of. Uh, Not everyone pulls it off. Some people do, some people don't. I think... Last year, I'm pretty sure I saw one movie that almost pulled it off because they used it sparingly, and that would be Puss in Boots. And then mm. I saw a movie that did not pull it off at all, uh, which was Intergalactic. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah, I well, I, yeah, I also agree. It's, it's an amazing movie. I think story wise, it just packs in so much. We talked about how it really nails in the themes of Spider Man in a very unique way that we haven't seen before. It has like the animation, like you said, is really is really really good. I I think it's unfortunate that like you, a lot of the industry has just looks at this style and they're like, this is we need this style because it's cheaper and people like it. Mm-hmm. And it's different than the Pixar animation that seems to be a little out of fad right now. But I think this works like this, the style will always be best for this movie. And I think it'll be known as like the Spider-Verse style because it, it's like made for this movie. Like this yeah. wasn't like, this wasn't like, let's find a, a new way to do animation and then find a movie for it. This was like, they specifically tailored this style of animation to tell this story and also be unique for a comic book movie. And I think that's why it works on another level compared to a lot of these other movies. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think Lord and Miller really nailed it. And it's, it's just really cool to see how 2018 was like peak superhero movie and they were able to come in and you know, I feel like they really came in under the radar, honestly, and, and make an animated Spider-Man movie that I was like, yeah, you know, I think the idea of an animated superhero movie in general, where like, you know, the field, field at the time was surrounded by like DC and Marvel creating these like $250 million blockbusters with all these well-known actors, for them to come in and basically create a, a very relatively low-key, I think, animated superhero movie that really blew everyone out of the water at the time is is just truly impressive, you know, and it's not just a blockbuster animated movie. I'd say it's also a critical, like it's, it's very critically successful and it's been very, like you said, very influential in the industry at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hitting like all the check boxes of, I think what we would call a classic movie. Yeah. I remember hearing about this, like near before it came out, And before even trailers dropped, like I remember Sony had greenlit a Spider-Man animated movie and I was like, oh God, all right. So they've got their Spider-Man movie that they can't get rid of uh, or that they won't get rid of. They've got Venom. They're doing Spider-Man villain movies. Now they got an animated Spider-Man movie like Sony, just give it up. And then it turned out to be this. So like, thank you, Sony, for not giving that up. But (laughs) I remember at the time, like when it was first announced, I don't know what the general perception of it was, but I remember hearing that and being like, yeah, typical Sony, another Spider-Man project just so that they can like, you know, flex that they have Spider-Man. All right, sure. And also like you said, this was like right when superhero stuff was like popping off. And like, this was one of the last superhero movies to come out before Avengers Endgame. This was before Endgame. Superhero movies hadn't been as big, hadn't been that big since the very first Avengers. Like, it was the biggest thing in the world. And this came out of nowhere and was so different from all the other superhero movies. It just knocks everything else around the same time out of the water. Yeah, and, like, I I mean, I think it's Sony's, uh... Like, you're talking about, like, Sony... The relationship with Sony is really complicated because, like you said, like, they'll, they'll make stuff like Morbius and... And Venom, which uh, I'm not gonna lie, I think it's very impressive what they were able to do with Venom so far. Yeah. Which I actually, I, we both really liked Venom too. Mm-hmm. Definitely not, you know, Spider Verse level or anything, but like 
they're very odd slash very odd and enter- oddly entertaining movies. I think like especially the second Venom movie, it's it's not trying to be more than just like a fun, very silly, tongue in cheek movie, and I think it accomplishes that pretty well. Yeah, I, so I, I think this uh, like the Sony deal is a gift and a curse, I guess, because it has. I mean, yeah, we never would have gotten this, and I don't know if I, I'd be willing to trade trade this for a fully, I don't know, a fully Disney-owned Spider-Man. I think that'd be very unfortunate because it's become obvious that Disney is not willing to make any... I like I, I can never see Disney making like a creative risk, I guess, like that into the Spider-Verse movie, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's a risk that paid off because... Like, I, I'd say with the animation, what's really cool is that it's... It's, it's kind of, it feels very counterculture, I guess. We're, we're kind of at a wave because we, it's like, I remember with logos, this is a very weird tangent, but like, I remember like logos for companies, like when 3D graphics were really advancing, logos would be like very complicated and they'd, they'd involve shading and like, like different lighting and they'd be like rounded and like opaque or whatever. And then eventually when that tech kind of reached like a, like you can't really do much more with this. Like it's it's very completed tech. Logos ended up becoming like they were before, which is just very flat, one color figures, mm-hmm. you know. And to it, it kind of reverted back into simplicity. And I th- I'd say we're kind of seeing a similar thing with animation, where Pixar really hit the peak of what you what can be animated. Where if you look at a couple of their movies. If they want to animate like a landscape or like an animal, like to to be as lifelike as possible, they can completely do that. Yeah, and you wouldn't be able to tell it's animation. Honestly, the biggest problem with Pixar is that their animation peaked with the Good Dinosaur and Cars Three, which like Cars Three is yeah. great, <laughs> but those aren't you know those aren't their big breadwinners there, especially not the Good Dinosaur. People yeah. didn't like that one. Yeah, I don't I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> it did look amazing so. though. It had incredible graphics. Yeah, no, movie. And that's the thing. I, I think it's just that there wasn't really anywhere for that tech to go, and and it's also it's also very expensive. You know, like not not every company can really keep up with that. So, I love I love how Sony decided to kind of take a chance and invest because this wasn't this, like they invested in this new type of technology. It's a lot cheaper than what Pixar is doing for their big movies, and I like it because it's. It, it creates it like so instead of like it's the same thing with logos where instead of like focusing on just the tech now now we can truly see creatives focus on what actually like looks good you know or like what's what's creatively interesting to see in terms of of animation and uh, I think we were kind of hitting a point where I like I'm kind of sad the Pixar style feels like it's gonna I don't know if die out but it's very out of style right now because like I'd say Kung Fu Panda was, you know, it's was relatively straightforward 3D animation. But I remember Kung Fu Panda 3 actually had some parts in the spirit world where they were kind of doing some cool things with 2D slash 3D animation mixing. And I thought it looked beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be its own unique style too. But it feels like that kind of missed its mark. And a lot of animation studios are going to be looking to or copy the Spider-Verse style, if that makes sense. But I'd love to see more, like, I hope Kung Fu Panda 4 takes some cues from Kung Fu Panda 3 and works on that type of animation, too, where it's like, you can, I, I think the Pixar style can be cool. You just got to do more 
artistically interesting things with it. I think like what's really interesting about, I'm not going to say specifically the Spider-Verse style, but this movie's animation specifically, what really works about Into the Spider-Verse's animation isn't just that it looks really cool. It's that they really use the fact that it's an animated movie to do things that they couldn't do in a live action movie. Like there's several scenes where Miles is like, thinking things and because it's a movie those thoughts are narrated but to show that he's thinking they like lay it out like a comic panel and have like speech bubbles all over the place and or like you know text boxes and there's a few scenes where like there's a chase there's one scene that i remember where it's kind of a chase scene and it starts with him moving across the across the screen but the way he does that is it creates like three close-up panels in quick succession to show that he's like moving from here to here to here and then off the screen, which is really cool. Like, yeah, it's just doing all these interesting things with animation. And what you're talking about with like, to bring it back to cars three, cars three is a fantastic looking movie. It looks like the landscapes look almost real. Like, Okay, I I know what I know the context of Cars Three, so no one could fool me into thinking that those are actually real landscapes. But like, there's scenes in that movie where they're driving through the forest, where the only thing that doesn't look real is the fact that Lightning McQueen is a big animated car with cartoon eyes. But like, the forest they're in could be—I could go outside. Well, I couldn't go outside here, but I could go outside and like where I used to live and just be in that forest. That's how realistic that looks. I remember that discourse around video games, probably, you know, back when the PS4 was just coming out. It's like, like you can get, make your graphics more and more realistic and there's like use for that, but that's not the interesting thing about computer graphics. Like you can do so much more cool stuff that you can't do when you just put a camera in someone's face. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about the intergalactic before and like, it's, it's kind of the same thing with that movie where it used the new style, but there wasn't really any reason for that movie to be animated uh, in any way, honestly. There's a couple like trippy moments, I guess, where he's, he's having like a, I, 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 he smoked weed. So he's kind of, he's tripping a bit and you get these There's... like kind of cool animated scenes with music in the background. But it's like, it's not, it's few and far between. It would be cool if there were more more moments like that. Yeah. Or like, you know, there was a lot of references to he was also working on a comic. Like, but like the movie itself for like, it's not even that long of a movie. It's like, it's like an hour and 10 minutes, I want to say. And like, like, I'd say an hour of that movie was basically, you could have shot that live action. And it probably would have been better because... <laughs> Because the truth is, the animation in that movie just looked cheaper as well. They weren't doing it on the same level. And all of the characters in that movie were modeled to look like their live-action counterparts. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could have just dressed up Macaulay Culkin to look like that. Yeah. There's, there, was no, <laughs> there was no point. And I think that's just, you know, I, I, I hope Spider-Verse doesn't uh inspire the wrong things i think puss in boots was also very well done but i i also feel like like you just you can't hit the same peak if that makes sense because Mm -hmm. because like you said like they're using comic book panels they're like doing those little sound effect things 
it's not just the animation style it's it's the the movie itself that you, you can just really feel it you know and i think puss in boots did do the animation style very well but did that movie necessarily have to be styled that way no it just to me it just felt like they wanted to ride a wave slash it was a much cheaper way of animating well with puss in boots what i appreciated about it and what i think yeah what i appreciate about puss in boots is that it used it very sparingly like Puss in Boots, the new one, the last, the last wish had basically two different animation styles uh, for most of the scenes that weren't action driven in that movie. They were primarily just a, an updated version of the normal DreamWorks style. And then the action scenes are what used like something that's closer to this. And I think that that served that movie really well because the way that they incorporated this kind of style and the specific cell shading and yes, the cheaper animation, the way they incorporated that was in order to get across that much more dynamic feel of those like high action scenarios that are basically fight scenes. It mostly happened in the fight scenes, but like that's where they used that and they used it pretty sparingly. But that's also why I said earlier, like, they didn't fully nail it, but I think that that's why, like the fact that they um, that they didn't go whole hog into animating it like Spider Verse and instead just used it where it made sense w- was a good decision. That's basically what I'm trying to get at. I wouldn't say it's just the action scenes. I, I definitely say it it's to a, a bigger level, but this definitely wasn't like the same animation engine they were using for the shrek movies and i wouldn't say it's updated either they were definitely using like a slower frame rate for a lot of them um like i i guess i i know what you're talking about like i actually do think in the action scenes it was pretty well done like mm-hmm. anything involving death was really cool and i think i think they had some really cool effects there um but i, I don't know how to describe it it's just like i think the frame rate's lower the colors are a little like the lighting's a little less uh realistic and i want to say like it kind of looks blurrier if that makes sense or like not mm-hmm. as i don't know how to say it but it's like when you were watching spider-verse it felt like in some ways you were watching like a 3d movie but like when you didn't have your glasses on right it was kind of like uh i want to say like the edges of the characters were like slightly blurry slash doubled and does that does that make any sense? A little bit, maybe. I'm not sure. I, I yeah, I, I wouldn't know how to describe it. But anyways, I got that same that same feeling from uh, Puss in Boots. Mm. But, but yeah, and then like I don't know, like story wise, how would you say uh, it really handles like all the different characters? Because it's a lot. It's a big cast. They got like six different characters, and I want to say there's like three villains as well, right? I think the way I'll start with the Spider-Man characters. Like I think this movie really benefits from, but really leans into the fact that all the characters are the same person. Like there's literally the scene where Penny Parker, Spider-Ham and Spider-Man Noir are all giving their backstory at the same time. And they're saying all, and they're all saying basically the same thing, uh, which is a great scene. Uh, it's like mm. split in three and it's three backstories happening simultaneously, but they're all the same. Uh, I think that like leaning into that is um, makes makes it so that all of the main cast of this movie really works. 
at no point in this movie did I feel like I didn't understand any of these characters. Like, even the ones who maybe... Well, the ones who get the least time are definitely those three. Spider-Ham, uh, Penny Parker, and Spider-Man Noir. And I think the only one who's even a little bit hurt by it is Penny Parker, who, like, there's a scene where she's really sad about her robot potentially dying. And I think that scene would hit harder if we knew just a little bit more about her. And I think that's the only issue I have with any of the main cast uh, is that I think Penny Parker is a little underserved. Other, But like barely, just a little bit. All of the main cast is handled really well. And that's the only time in the movie where I thought like maybe I didn't know one character quite well enough for a scene to have maximum impact. Like all the Spider-Man noir scenes hit exactly the way they were supposed to. All the spider ham scenes hit exactly the way they were supposed to. The two more main spider people, Gwen Stacy and alternate universe Peter Parker, I think they had enough extra backstory that like they really work as those characters. So I'm very happy to see them come back in the next movie. But yeah, I think as far as the spider people go, it was uh, it handled them all really well, especially considering there's six there's six that it has to deal with. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the like the three you mentioned, they didn't really get much. I, I'd say they had a lot. They, they had a decent amount to do because they all had a motivation, which was they wanted to get back home. Mm-hmm. But then they also kind of had their they, they all had moments, I guess they wouldn't have they didn't have yeah. arcs, but they had like moments where they all they all stood out in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they, they all had like they were all very well casted. And they were like a nice foil to the main three because it, it is a very like heavy story that we're dealing with where like Miles goes through a lot in this movie. Like, you know, his uncle dies. He watches Spider-Man die. He watches Spider-Man die right when he's, you know, learning to be Spider-Man. And not only that, but Spider-Man basically before he dies, he gives him a task to finish or else the the world could be destroyed. (laughs) And this is without ever having been Spider-Man before. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, it's, there's a lot, you know, it's a very heavy. So, it's and also you know not only that but we're dealing with Peter B Parker who from his world he's he's basically what we hoped Spider-Man ever what would never happen to Spider-Man which is he's 40 and he's still single <laughs> he's like he's in his mid 40s he's still single he's still poor well and, single again he he didn't end up getting yeah single again well i guess yeah he does he does he does we get we get resolution in that but yeah he has a he has an amazing arc and He's voiced extremely well by what's what's his name? Uh, Jake Johnson. I can't remember. Jake Johnson from uh, Digging with Fire and Drinking Buddies. I was I was hoping you would. Say. <laughs> I love Jake John- Johnson despite those movies, which is quite impressive. To be honest, yeah, he he has a really well done arc. It's a little on the nose with you know he's like not sure he wants to have kids is basically like the reason he broke up with MJ. And then he basically raises a, he, he has a two day raising a kid stint in this. So it's like, yeah, again, it's a little on the nose, but I, I, I think it's, it's very sweet still. And then we have Spider Gwen too, who I didn't really know much about, honestly, but like she, she, I liked how her backstory was actually, you know, her best friend was Peter Parker who died. Peter Parker was her uncle Ben, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she has a cute arc where she, she learns to 
have friends, I guess, and trust other people again, which mm-hmm. was nice. And I thought she was she was voiced pretty well by Haley Steinfeld, Steinfeld, one of those two. We we got to talk about Miles a bit because this was this was Miles's movie, and he it was. I I, I hadn't really met read many of the comics from him, but he was a character that I found interesting, but not too much. I'd say this movie really sold me on at least this version of the character. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm most familiar with Peter Parker, Spider-Man, but like, I, I mean, Miles is maybe the strongest part of this movie, first off, cause, which, which is good because it's his movie. But like, I, I really like this version of Miles and I, uh, I think what's kind of interesting about him and like, I hope gets explored a little, I, I don't know how you would explore it more. It's just an interesting little quirk is like his powers aren't, spider-man's powers or like they're not peter's powers because he got bit by a different spider that gave him invisibility invisibility and electricity powers so it's like that's that's another thing that i think like really plays into these themes a lot because like even if you know anything you could reduce spider-man down to like uh that's oh man Okay, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent, but like when I talk to a lot of people um, about Spider-Man movies, because this comes up in my life a lot more than feels like uh, reasonable, (laughs) but people will be like, so what's your favorite Spider-Man movie? What's your favorite Spider-Man movie? Or no, what's your favorite movie? And I'll say Spider-Man 2. And then they'll be like, but so like, you know, who's your favorite Spider-Man? And I'll be like, well, Tobey Maguire. And they're like, wait, what? No, but the other ones are better. Like, Spider-Man is supposed to be this. Spider-Man is supposed to be a high school student. Spider-Man is supposed to be witty. And Tobey Maguire isn't any of those things, or at the least, he's <laughs> not any of those things as much as the other Spider-Man, Spider-Man portrayals are. What I really like about this movie is that none of the Spider-Men are similar at all, actually. Like, they're all the same person, but they all have different powers. They all have different talents. They're all like, mm. you know, at the end of the movie, we have an Avengers made of Spider-Mans, basically. And they're, you yeah. know, a well-balanced team, despite all being web-slingers. The fa- this, despite the fact that they're all different, they're all Spider-Man. And I think that's what mm. I really like. I'm going to keep coming back to this, but that's what I really like about this movie. And especially what I really like about how Miles's powers don't even have anything to do with spiders. Like, similar to Peter he ends up getting the ability to crawl up and down walls. Great. Beyond that, his powers are completely different. He doesn't have web slingers naturally, which Peter also doesn't, but like he doesn't even have a web slinger. Like he has to like get one from somewhere, but then he can turn invisible, which no other Spider-Man can do, at least in this movie. And he has electricity powers, which is a power that like, None of the other spider people even think to ask him about. Like they don't even, that doesn't even cross their minds. And like Miles is such a different character from all these other Spider-Mans and he's still Spider-Man. And that's what I love so much about this character and about the message of this movie is like, you know, Spider-Man, when someone says like Spider-Man is supposed to be this, Spider-Man is supposed to be that. Well, you know, one Spider-Man is, but not Spider-Man isn't supposed to be anything. Spider-Man is supposed to be a guy or uh, uh, a lady and anyone can be that person. Spider-Man is just uh, someone trying to help. Yeah. Yeah. This movie actually ends on that quote from Stan Lee and like, you know, 
I'm a ruthless contrarian. So normally I would see a Stan Lee quote and go, oh, he screwed over all those artists. But I saw this one and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's a, great, that's, a, that's a great quote, Stan Lee. Yeah. I can't remember the exact quote, but it was exactly what you just said. It was ex- effectively what you just said, which like a hero is someone trying to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's it's beautiful how they really they really get to that message specifically to uh, to an extent. I I'd, well, I guess technically no other movie said it as literally from Spider Man, and then I guess the Amazing Spider Man those movies quite like went the opposite way where Peter was destined to be Spider Man, which was mm-hmm. also you know not a great message to send. Interesting um, choice. Very interesting choice, yeah. And I'd even say, like, the, you know, like, the MCU uh, Spider-Man. I, I mean, I, I guess No Way Home did touch on that theme a little more where uh, he had to make a lot of sacrifices, right? But I, it, to me, it was, like, it, you really, like, Peter, I feel like Peter's character doesn't work if he has everything going for him, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, being, being co-signed slash endorsed by it the richest man in the world isn't really like that's not something where i'm like oh no peter like this man he's like he's relatable but he's like he's getting through it it, it just it really kind of goes against the character I, I still think they're great movies and i still think they're fun movies but though none of those movies really hammer home the theme of spider-man specifically i guess and i think like a small defense of the mcu spider-man movies is like I think those Spider-Man movies are maybe maybe this is like a little insular of a thing, but I think those movies are really good at showing basically the perfect Spider-Man story for within the MCU. Like in a mm. in in the MCU, like in in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, there's no other superheroes. There's just Spider-Man and he has to figure it out on his own. In the MCU, the first thing that happens is a billionaire becomes Iron Man. If Spider-Man is anything after Iron Man, he exists in a world with Iron Man in it. So like MCU Spider-Man has to deal with that. And I think that the MCU Spider-Man does a pretty good job of doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think they do a good job of telling a very different story than, I I think one of their biggest goals with, the MCU Spider-Man was they really want to stray away from anything the other movies have done. And what the other movies have done was, well, I think Sam Raimi really perfected the idea of Spider-Man's life just sucking. <laughs> like it's yeah. not. So like they, they really didn't, I feel like they didn't want to go down that route because it would have felt pretty similar to what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's why we haven't seen a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the characters or the villains we'll usually see or the side characters we usually see with Spider-Man. Like we haven't seen the Osborns yet. Um, a lot of the villains were, I, w- I would say different, I guess. Yeah. Vulture, Vulture and Mysterio we hadn't seen before at all. And their origin stories were very different than the usual Spider-Man villain, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a, it's, it's a cool change of pace. I understand why they did it, but yeah, you, it, you're, I, you're, you are missing a fundamental aspect of Spider-Man if he, he is endorsed by a billionaire, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I, well, something I love about, because I, I think with with some with some movies, I don't like 
because people watch movies to escape right but i feel like part of you is like there's like a yearning to like not to like escape the real world you know you're like like oh like when i remember when i left like like thor ragnarok for example i was like that like i wish i could like thor thor ragnarok made the world look so cool you know or like the universe looks so cool it's like Mm-hmm. That's such a cool, uh, like, I wish I wish life were different. But I love Spider-Man because it's like, if you were to be in the position where you could be like, I could, do you want to be Spider-Man? I'd probably say no, because his life sucks. And yeah. that's the point is that, like, he gets these powers, but they really don't really offer any real benefit to his life. And um, and I like that because then I, I think it really uh, makes us look at our own lives and try to appreciate them more, you know, and uh, I think, you know, that's what that's what into the spider verse did too because yeah My, miles's life kind of sucks in this movie he's dealing with uh you know he doesn't want to go to this new school his dad's kind of a dick to him his only role model was his uncle and his uncle turned out to be a murderer and then he ends up dying you know and he was given these powers and he's 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 under pressure to save the multiverse within two days of getting these powers you know so yeah it's it's like a lot to take in and i, I think it's the same thing here it's like i think they they struck a good balance of having a fun movie and a fun, charismatic Miles Morales while also reminding us that like being Spider Man it comes with a very big burden for him, mm-hmm. and and I think that's something you know he learns throughout the movie as well and is helped because we see every other Spider Man has has had to deal with a really shitty life too apparently. Yeah, it's like. Being Spider-Man comes with huge risks and the only reward is the, you know, the feeling of a job well done. Like, good good work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except except for that universe of Spider-Man. Well, uh, I guess he died. So that, that's, he really, he didn't really live the life he, he wanted, but he was living it for a bit. He was living the good life for a, for at least, I think he's, I want to say he was like in his mid twenties in mm-hmm. that scene when he dies. But yeah. It's a really good movie. I uh, are you excited for you excited for Across the Spider Verse? I'm I'm hesitant I'm hesitantly optimistic. It's going to be really tough topping this, and I do like where the trailers are going though. They're they're going in a I don't know if you've seen any trailers, but they're going in a direction that I was not expecting, and it's made me a lot more interested to see what happens. Specifically with uh, Spider-Man 99. That's what that's what I was interested in seeing. Mm-hmm. I guess the only thing I'm a little worried about is exactly what you just said about this, about Spider-Man. Like when you, when you, what you were saying with like Thor Ragnarok made the whole universe look really cool. And Spider-Man is just sort of about getting, you know, m- making the most of what we have to a degree. And like, mm-hmm the only trepidation I have a little bit is like, I really like those Spider-Man movies that are, you know, very down to earth that like are about that. Like, um, you know, essentially making the most of making the most of what the hero has available to him. And like mm-hmm. the new spider, the, the next one that's coming out is huge in scale. And so I guess the thing I might be worried about is like, is it going to go into the direction of this is such a huge universe and we've got a million spider people in it. And like, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm definitely still optimistic, but uh, I, I, like you said, this is going to be a hard movie to top 
Like I will, we'll talk about it in two weeks. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what it would look like to make a sequel to this that is better than the original. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see too. Like, cause I know Marvel's really embraced the multiverse since the first movie came out. And I think a big pro, like the multiverse has been portrayed very poorly. I think by Marvel so far, I really hope this movie is able to do it better, especially considering like, cause it, you know, before we had six, six characters from different multiverses coming to one place, this is like entirely different where they got like, there's like hundreds, if not thousands of Spider-Man, Spider-People uh, teaming up in some way, you know? And it's like, yeah. like how, how do you not make Spider-Man feel less special? If that makes sense. When you have a thousand of them in one location, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I remain optimistic. I like, I like the direction they're going and um, yeah, I don't know. I hope we see some of the characters. I really want to see Spider-Man Noir again. I feel like he's not coming back. But I'm hopeful. I'm looking at the voice cast for the next movie and he's not listed as one of the main people. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that he comes back in the third movie. That's what I'm hoping for. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, this, this was, an, it was initially going to be a two part movie. So, but then they titled it differently, but I'm just going to guess that it's going to be a very, it's going to be a very cliffhangery ending or an ending that is definitely making you look to the next movie and doesn't true doesn't completely resolve everything here, which will be interesting. And the third movie comes out less than a year after. So like it's, it's very much still basically a two part movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, titled it's just a, differently. yeah. The words part one and part two aren't a death sentence in movies, but it's like not cool. Yeah. Actually, yeah, what, what's the last... I feel like that was cool until... I want to say Mockingjay came out, part one and part two. I feel like that really killed that that idea. It's it's a thing that you can do when you're making an explicit threat to your own studio, like Denis Villeneuve when he made Dune, part one. Oh, but they didn't title it Dune, part one, right? Well, like, that's they did. the thing. It was... No, it's, it's oh, technically they? Dune, but like when, when they show the title, it's Dune, part one. Oh, I see. Okay. So, but like it was marketed as Dune, I think. Yes, it was marketed as Dune. And like every time they could slip it in, they didn't call it Dune part one, but they were like, oh yeah, it's two parts. There's two movies. They just hadn't had the one greenlit yet at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Very ballsy. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. And I don't know, Lord and Miller have never, like, I've never seen a bad movie by them. So this would be an unfortunate time for them to start. <laughs> yeah. The worst I've seen from them has been not as good as I wanted it to be. So like, you know, I've been disappointed once, but I've never seen anything bad. Yeah. It was just, I, I'd say I felt that way with like a movie part two for sure. Slightly. I did have one other question that's not like super related to this, but it's just something that I, uh, that I thought of when I was watching this movie. Have you seen Watchmen? Or have you read Watchmen? Okay. I've I've watched and read it. I I know he said this in interviews. I don't know if this was actually in the text of the book. Uh, In in Watchmen, there's the one kid who's always reading the comic. And it's pirate comics, right? Yeah. 
Remember that part? Okay. So do, yeah. there's this one kid that's always reading pirate comics. And Alan Moore said in interviews afterwards, he was like, well, in a world with superheroes, especially superheroes that like aren't moral paragons, they're just kind of like sh- shitty people that beat up a lot of people. Superhero comics <laughs> probably wouldn't be that popular. Like we'd probably pivot more towards, you know, at the time when superhero comics were becoming popular in the thirties, like there was superhero comics, there were horror comics, adventure comics, pirate comics. You know, if there's actual superheroes in the thirties, superhero comics, maybe aren't the ones that take off. Maybe it's the pirate comics instead, which I thought was kind of an interesting way to like, look at like a little background detail Mm -hmm. in your own story there. What I noticed here is uh, Spider-Man has his own Spider-Man comics. And like, not yeah. <laughs> only is this a movie where superheroes exist, it's not it's not just a universe where superheroes exist. It's a universe where superhero comics exist. And also, we, the only superhero comic we see is about a real person. And so like, do you think in a world with real superheroes that had real superpowers, would superhero comics take off? What do you think? Yeah, I... I guess it's about what comes first, you know, like, like the, the super or superhero comics created and then a Superman, like then a superhero was like, then a superhero came to be, you know, I, I, I think it's, I think so. I, I'd say yes though. I, because, uh, I mean, there's comics for all sorts of genres technically, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think like, depending on the superhero they would want to they would ideally want to wait and market actually no that's a good question because i don't know if you're allowed would you be allowed to be to make a com wait are you saying comics about superheroes that exist or comics about other superheroes and superheroes also exist i'm saying either or because i'm i'm not sure mm-hmm. i think i think those actually actually that's a good question because those might there is a distinction there yeah because i feel like i don't know if like like for example, if there was a Spider-Man, would I legally be allowed to sell a Spider-Man comic without without his rights? But then he doesn't have rights because we don't know who he is, right? So we can't just sue me. Well, you know? so but like, no, I think like in this movie, it's it's all background, so it's like hard to say for sure because the movie doesn't go into it because they shouldn't. But it kind of sounds yeah. like Spider-Man had stuff set up where he could do that. I'm like, I'm gonna assume it was all through Mary <laughs> that's, Jane. That's re- I know that the world sounds so weird, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's like, I guess, I don't know. I'd say yes, because I think comics, I mean, media in general exists about all sorts of things. So I don't see why, like, like we have comics about, I'm sure there's comics about, I don't know, come up with a career, like airline pilots. No, that sounds stupid. There's not comics, <laughs> but I, be, I bet there was at a certain time before TV was a huge thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I could see that. And also like there there has been I remember in Logan they they say there were X-Men comics about the X-Men that existed before that uh I can't remember her name, Laura or whatever X23 or whatever her name is was carrying. Oh right, yeah. And then they also do that you've seen the boys, right? Yeah. With the they, there's definitely Homelander comics and that. There's one other one I'm trying to remember. Is it Deadpool? Anyways, but I I'd say yes. Well, what do you think? I actually think I side closer to Alan Moore on this because I think that a big part of, obviously there's, you know, we don't have nearly enough time to talk about the history of the concept of comic books and of superhero (laughs) comics here. But like, 
I think that in this world, like we, in, in our world, our real universe that we actually live in, like weekly superhero comics are at least to some degree, a bit of an escapist fantasy, the same way that movies and TV shows are and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, I think that if, if there's real superheroes, like if I can walk outside and just see Spider-Man randomly go by and go, Oh God damn it. It's Spider-Man again. Like, that stops being escapist quite to the same degree where like, not that they wouldn't still exist, but especially in a world like this, I find it actually difficult to believe that this world has weekly Spider-Man comics. I don't find it difficult to believe that this world has Spider-Man comics, but I would, but I would think of those more like, I don't remember what it was called, but there was like a series of graphic novels they did a few years ago that was just like, spider-man through the ages where it started with him in the 60s and he just aged in real time and like i would imagine something more like that where it's like yeah fantastic tales of spider-man but they're more like autobiographical not that they're any less spectacular or whatever they can still be the exact same stuff but they would i just find it yeah i just think they would probably be packaged differently okay i could see that Oh, the the other one was Captain America. Sorry, remember when they're in the first one when they're like making movies with them and selling comics to fund the war, essentially. Right. Yeah, I guess that's that's a big thing too. Is like, um, you know, because in that context, it still makes sense because at that point, it's it's basically like leaning on those old movie serials that happened in the '30s. Like in the mm. '30s, they had serials of. Superman alongside comics. And yes, people understood that Superman doesn't really exist. But if you had a guy, Captain America, whose superpowers visually are that he's very strong, but like visually he doesn't seem that much stronger than someone whose agent is really hyping him up, he could just be a guy. And at that point, he's just like a person in serials who's doing crazy stuff in the serials. Yeah. So yeah, you you'd want to hype him up, and there'd still be a yeah. level of like mysticism to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question, though. Anyway, what would you say? Oh, wait, do we rate? Do we rate these movies at the end? I can't tell. Can't remember. I mean, like, I don't know if we. I don't know if we have to. Like, I think it's very clear. I I, I think both of our ratings would be very clear. So I almost don't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's, the movie speaks for itself. I don't know. I think it's, it's so. Had a ma- like we said, it's a it's a massive influence. It's very popular, and it's it's a very critically and audience well received movie. So, yeah, I don't and, really much more uh, you can say to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for the next movie, which we'll see in two weeks, and we'll talk about here. I think after Avatar, this is the only movie we've the only other movie we've done where it's like we got to talk about the first one before the second one comes out. Yeah, well, this, this is probably like one of like the the biggest well actually i don't know about the biggest sequel since avatar but it's only been like four months so like i mean it's definitely the biggest sequel since avatar it's also so yeah, weird I'll, to I'll me that the avatar sequel is as big as it is because i love that movie don't get me wrong but i do not understand i do not actually see where the popularity of those movies comes from i love them i like to think there's a lot of people in the world that think like me but also like why Avatar of all things? How's that the one that catches on the way that it does? I don't know, but I'm not going to complain about it. No, I'm, I'm glad we're getting more of those. I think it's the classic movie 
aspect. I, I, I could, I, I think we could argue that Avatar is a classic movie too. I um, would definitely agree. Yeah, so Avatar I, was, I think the classic you know, also movie influence is the best marketing you could buy, which is, uh, you know, because the first Spider-Verse didn't make too much money, right? Like, it wasn't a, a runaway success or anything. It made it about was. It was, 390 yeah. million. Um, but which is you know they still is, they like, still lined up two more because they could tell that this they got a they got a they have a lot of future potential on their hands you know. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say you could. Mm, well, we'll see. Actually, I don't know how much movie movie money's a second is going to make. But remember, Batman Begins only made like about three hundred million at the box office too. Um, but that really changed the pace of or change the feel of Batman, you know, and the next two movies were wildly successful. Mm-hmm. I guess you're right. 384 million isn't necessarily like, that's not Avatar numbers, but it is no. four times the budget of this movie. Four times the reported budget, which means realistically mm. twice the actual budget. So this was a runaway success, I would say. Oh yeah, like like budget-wise, it was it was very... Uh, monetarily successful you know mm-hmm. um, i'd say i just say like looking at the budget compared to how popular it is now and how well known it is i'd say that like the amount of money it made back then i don't think displays how successful it's actually been in the public eye mm-hmm. because i feel like a lot of people didn't catch it in theaters and might have caught it on uh on video on demand or something too so yeah uh, so yeah, that's that's Spider Verse. That's Spider Man. Uh, Spider Verse. What's the last thing you want to oh, tell what? us, Peter? What's a what's the last word? Spider Verse. <laughs>